This is PhotoBizX episode number 357, and today we're talking social media stats, surviving and working through the pandemic, racing to the top instead of the bottom, and what it feels like to never really be happy with the kind of photography that you're producing. Our guest is none other than Zach Arias, and that interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images and welcome to this episode of the podcast. If you are listening to the episode as it goes live, I hope you had a fantastic Easter. You'll know that today's episode is a day late and that's because, well, I was enjoying some family time as I hope you were too. If you are new to the podcast, I always introduce it as PhotoBizX. But if you are new, there's a good chance you don't know what that actually stands for. It's Photography Business Exposed. And the whole idea of the podcast is for me to get out of the guests how they've managed to achieve the success they have, whether that's through marketing, advertising, social media. My aim is to get as much as I possibly can from the guest about what they're doing to be successful in detail so you can take what they're sharing and implement it into your business and be more successful as a result. Alrighty, I usually kick off the start of the show with a little bit about me and my week. I'm guessing it's been pretty similar to yours, confined mostly to home, although it hasn't been as bad or as tough in Australia as what I'm seeing from other parts of the world. We're still able to get out and exercise, enjoy the fresh air. I'm still getting out on my bike, which I absolutely love, although it hasn't been the same riding solo instead of with a group of mates, but I can't complain too much. As far as work time, a lot of it has been dedicated to the PhotoBizX members currently going through and just about finishing the daily vlog challenge. We're up to day 10 today. And if you are a premium member, you've probably seen some of these videos being posted inside the group. I've created separate units in the group for the challenge. But don't stress, I won't be doing that for future challenges. I'm going to start entirely new Facebook groups for new challenge members when they come through. So yeah, I've been focusing a lot of time on helping the members of the group go through the daily vlog challenge. And the last challenge was for the members to post onto their Facebook pages with a marketing style video where they share a little bit about themselves and their business. And (laughs) there was some stressed photographers, I can tell you. It was one thing sharing videos inside our private group where it was all safe, warm and fuzzy, where we have each other for support and any criticism is always constructive. So this was taking on a whole new beast having to post to their Facebook timelines, but they've done it and they've done it amazingly well. And from here it's onwards and upwards. So we have one, maybe a bonus extra lesson as well. One lesson to go with a bonus lesson. And the plan is for the challenge members to move into the Evergreen Facebook ads funnel course or group as they take what they've learned even further to assist in their marketing and to make better connections with their ideal clients. The reason I'm sharing this with you now is not only because it's been fun for me and I'm sure the members going through the challenge, but I will be launching a second challenge in the coming weeks. So if you'd like to be a part of that, head over to photobizx.com forward slash challenge, add your name and email to the wait list, and I'll let you know as soon as the next challenge kicks off. 
And if you're new to the podcast and you're wondering what this whole challenge thing is about, it's a three-week daily challenge where you learn to get comfortable being yourself on camera. And the idea is I take you through step-by-step, adding to your knowledge, adding to your skills as you produce the videos. Once you hear the daily lesson, you also get a prompt and you record a two-minute video, no longer than two minutes, upload it into the safety of the group when no one else outside the group can see your video. And that's where you get some constructive criticism and work on getting more comfortable being yourself on camera. We build on the lessons and by the end of it, you're posting onto your Facebook page and you're starting to develop a Facebook or Instagram social media strategy, campaign strategy to utilize video and connect with your ideal clients. If the thought of video totally scares you, but you're also interested to learn more or excited about the the idea of learning to get more comfortable on video, simply add your name to the wait list and check out the challenge registration page once it opens. If you feel like it's a good fit, I'd love to have you join us for the next one. So photobizx.com forward slash challenge. I can promise you'll have a great time with us. Okay, just before we jump into the rest of the show, before the interview with Zach, I want to give you a quick heads up. There are a few swear words, some <laughs> some colorful language from Zach in this interview. So if you are listening with kids in the car or you're sensitive to that kind of language, then I just want you to be warned and be aware. There's not a lot, but there are a few times when Zach gets a little passionate and <laughs> a few of those words sneak out. And now, a macro look at our last episode. In last week's episode, we talked business from a business strategist, an expert by the name of Terry Ogburn. In that interview, he really challenged the way I think about business. I'm getting the sense from members who have posted inside the group that it was a challenging interview to listen to because Terry's philosophy is we should only go into business to build something that we can sell later on. Otherwise, we're simply creating a job for ourselves. To me, and to Terry's benefit, he also agreed that, hey, that's okay to create a job for yourself that you love doing, but just be aware of the fact that you are building a job or creating a job for yourself. You're not really creating a business. If that kind of challenging thinking interests you and you haven't heard that interview, Get back and have a listen, even if you have no interest in building a photography business to sell to someone else down the road, just listening and absorbing the ideas that he shares, I think will change your view on the way you do things. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. Alrighty, we're going to jump into this interview with Zach Arias in just a second. If you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. And what that means is you won't actually be getting the full interview with Zach today. I save a portion of the second half for premium members only. And the portion I look to keep for premium members is the part where I think the guest will most heavily impact their business, have the biggest effect on moving the needle for them in their business. And in this case today, it was where Zach talked about racing to the top instead of the bottom and how and why he would do that. So if you are loving what you hear from Zach in the first half of this interview and you would like to hear the full interview, 
head over to photobizx.com forward slash try. And for $1, you can get a 30-day trial membership. It's literally $1 and it lasts for 30 days if you don't cancel. And with that trial membership, you can get access to the full interview today with Zach. You can access the full interview for any guest in the past. I'll send you an invite to join the Premium Members Facebook group, which you'll hear me reference all the time on the podcast because the Members Facebook group is a huge part of the membership. It's one of, well, it's the most supportive and helpful group of photographers I've ever come across online. If you have a business question, a business-related question, marketing, advertising, anything to do with business, you post it inside that group, you will get help. And not just any help, you'll get help from experienced photographers who know and understand business, who have been in business, have probably been in the same position you are. They are inside the group and willing to help. It's not snarky. There's no rude or snide comments. It is, it's like having face-to-face conversations with real photography friends who have been there and done that. It's that good. So photobizx.com forward slash try if you'd like to check out that trial membership. All right, let's get into this with Zach. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest shouldn't need an introduction. He's been prevalent on the photography scene for over a decade. Have a look at his social media stats and they indicate success. 75,000 subscribers on YouTube, 100,000 followers on Instagram and 50,000 on Facebook. But those numbers, they don't tell the whole story. He describes himself as an Atlanta-based editorial and commercial photographer. But to me, he's so much more. He's the guy who's not only seen the ups and downs of success, he shares the brutal reality of what goes through the head of a working photographer. One minute, we feel we have everything sorted and life is great. The next, we hate our work. We wonder why people are hiring us and why we even started this whole business thing. He understands the roller coaster of a creative life, tied in with business and trying to carve out a living. But the most endearing thing he possesses, that unique quality we should all strive for, empathy. You hear it and see it in his videos, he understands photographers. He openly shares about his depression and anxiety, and from the outside looking in, it's difficult to understand how someone with so much success can feel down. It feels like he's been gone for a little while, but he's back. I'm talking about Zach Arias, and I'm wrapped to have him with us now. Zach, Welcome. Oh, thank you, Andrew. You're going to make me cry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how does it feel listening to an intro like that? I can tell you that, like, I deal with imposter syndrome, like hardcore. So it's just any moment until somebody finds out that I have no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) And I'm just whacking in the weeds out here, just trying to make a living like everybody else. So, yeah, like, I appreciate, you know, where I am, but... I have so far to go still. Do you understand when someone like me says it doesn't make sense? Like when I read those stats, the followers, the likes, the comments you get, everything you do gets followed by hundreds of thousands of people. How can you feel like an imposter? I don't know. I was doing an event once with a very famous photographer and we were speaking on a, you know, a stage together and he was backstage just pacing back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I'm like, are you all right? And he's like, yeah, I'm just, I'm nervous. And this guy, his name is Gregory Heisler. Like, I mean, Greg Heisler has done it all, shot it all, seen it all. You know, he's photographed pretty much every president of his lifetime, like magazine covers around the world. And he's pacing backstage because he's nervous. 
And that kind of showed me like, wow, <laughs> this never ends, this nervousness. Yeah, I don't take stock in those numbers that you read out. Like, I appreciate the community that I'm in. I don't look at people as followers, but I look at them as colleagues, as peers, you know, and I'm really glad that if I can help people, then that makes me happy. You know, I've restarted my YouTube channel recently after being on hiatus for three or four years from doing any content on that platform. And, you know, people have really responded in kind and it's been really nice to read everyone's comments. But, you know, what I tell people is that I go back to myself as a younger photographer 20 years ago when I was struggling. And back then, back then what you did as a photographer is you projected this image of you that was seven feet tall and that you were working on all these great projects and everything was awesome. And you had to always keep a front of amazing things happening in your life, right? And no one talked about their struggles. No one talked about how hard it was to get jobs or how hard it was when you couldn't pay your bills or, you know, how hard it was to get started or dealing with depression or anxiety or any of that. No one would publicly talk about that whatsoever, right? So when I started to talk to people in my own industry, I started with, you know, I'm going to say the things that 20 years ago me needed to hear. And in fact, some things I say today is what I still need to hear myself, you know? So yeah, I want people to know they're not alone. And I don't want people to look at me and like, oh, you have all these numbers. Look at all your subscribers and your followers and you're this and you're that and you're the others. And again, I'm appreciative of it, but I can point you to plenty of people who have far larger numbers than me, right? Like I liken myself to being at base camp at Everest. Like going to base camp is a difficult feat in itself. It's 14,000 feet. That would kill me just to go to base camp at Everest, right? But you haven't even really begun the journey you know, you've got to get acclimated at base camp. So I feel like in my life, I'm at base camp, you know, so please don't look at my numbers. Please don't be like, wow, you have so many subscribers. One of my kids was watching this stupid video today on YouTube of some girl who went to Target and bought all the slime and she had like 10 million views on that video. <laughs> and she's one of those like screaming teenagers. Like she's just looking at the camera, screaming at it. And then her next video, you know what her next fucking video? Uh, can I? Can <laughs> yeah, too late like now. <laughs> you know what her next fucking video was? Her new Tesla wrapped with her face all over it. And I'm just like, just, I give up. You know what? I'm going to Target. I'm going to buy slime. And I'm going to make a video out of it. Screw all of this. <laughs> this is stupid. Well, I'm not going to focus on the numbers today. I mean, I use it really to illustrate a point because, you know, for someone that has 10 followers or 100 followers, it looks unattainable. But it's interesting to hear you feel like you are at base camp. Like that sounds so unrealistic. But I want to talk a little bit about business because you said, you know, you're just a guy, a photographer looking to carve out a living. And you also said that, you know, you look at your photography and you think, you know, I've heard you say this on YouTube videos is, wow, is this any good? When you get hired for a job, do you feel 
confident when you go to those jobs? Or are you second guessing yourself at those jobs? There's a certain amount of once you've put in enough time behind a camera. I mean, I've had awful, awful, horrible days, but I had to show up and go to work. And it might even be a job I'm not necessarily looking forward to. But this is a client. They have hired me. I have bills to pay. I have children to feed. I have, you know, bills and all of that. So I put on a smile and I go to work. And so there's a certain level of photography that I can deliver on my worst day. And I rely on that. What I tell people when they're getting started is the reason it's important to learn the technical parts of photography, not just the kind of feeling and emotions and, and aesthetics of photography, but the actual technical of it is because when you're not feeling the emotion, when the aesthetic is completely gone and you just want to crawl under a rock and not come out anymore, you have to rely on a base of I can set up this softbox. I can stand this, you know, this subject here and I can make good passable portraits of them today, or I can do my job today. Right. So when I get hired, I have confidence that whatever happens, I'll make something happen. And I have enough experience to lean on. I mean, seriously, I've had photo shoots that have lasted 60 seconds, you know, when it all came down to it. I showed up early. I was there. I got all my gear together. Everything was charged. All my stuff was ready. And I was waiting and waiting and waiting. And then the you know subject shows up. I've got 60 seconds to make a portrait. Click, 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 click. And thank you very much. And off you go. And of course, I second guess everything afterwards, right? Mm -hmm. I love my photography for about 24 to 48 hours. <laughs> and after that point, I start to pick it apart until there's nothing left in a week. Do you come back then say a week or two or a month later and think, hey, I was too hard on myself? No, I usually just move on. I just move on to the next thing. I don't go back and look at my work a lot. About once a year when I'm trying to update a website or update my print portfolio, I start to dig through old shoots. I think the thing that's hard with me is that I shoot... I'm excited about it, and I'd really like to share it at that moment. But in the editorial and commercial world, you're usually having to wait for the client to publish the piece before you get to share it anywhere. So you can't Instagram it. You can't put it on your blog. You can't put it until it's all vetted and done and out there in the public. And that sometimes could be months. And I've already done three more projects since then. You know, and I'm constantly in a state until recently of whatever I shot three months ago that's now been released. I have a backlog of other things and something next that I'm working on. I know that I'm too hard on myself, but I think that's what pushes me. And maybe it's a negative part of my life, but it also makes me do better. And I can tell you a specific story that's happening right now. I want to see if it leads up to it. I'm going to hold this story for now. I want to see where your questions go. But by the end of it, if you don't touch on it, then, then I'll hit it. But I have a feeling you're going to touch on it. Okay. Well, you'll have, to, uh, you'll have to make sure I get it. You know, I brought up the fact that you talked about carving out a living. Can you share with us how you are making a living today? I mean, is it purely photography? I know you have dead pixel, you do some teaching, or you were. How are you making a living these days? 
up until COVID, right? Up until this coronavirus, I would say it was 90% photography, like working for client. 80, 90%. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it's working on projects for photography clients. I do sell some videos. I recently led a photography group with the Santa Fe workshops down in Havana, Cuba. That was in January. I recently did a promotional film for Fuji, but again, Fuji is a client, right? Like if it was Coca-Cola, if it was Ford Motor Company, if it was Land Rover and they said, Hey, go make a promotional video. And I'm like, Oh, I love your product. Then I'll do it. But no, it's um, been primarily that. And what's interesting is that my photography work has me traveling a lot. I still have two kids in the house and I would like to stay home more. And I was thinking at the end of last year, beginning of this year, that maybe I'll do some more workshops. Maybe I'll kind of back off of client work for a while, stay around Atlanta, stick to home for a bit, not travel so much. And then all of this hit. (laughs) (laughs) And I can't even like book a workshop now because nobody's getting on an airplane, you know, like. So I can't even rely on that. What about an online workshop? I've been looking at the online workshop uh, space, but I also know that my peers and my colleagues are all struggling right now. Like we're all hurting. So I struggle with this monetizing my stream kind of philosophy. How do I monetize this right now? It's something I really actually literally need to do is I need to monetize my stream at the moment because I have bills just like everybody else that has to pay. And every single one of my jobs and projects has gone up in a puff of smoke. And the really, 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 really scary thing for me, and I had not even thought about this until someone left a comment on my YouTube channel recently where they were saying, you know, I have all of these promos printed in January ready to mail out. I had a whole new campaign ready to go. And now I'm sitting here wondering if the people on my mailing list will even have a job when this is over. I was sitting there worried about my own jobs, right? Not even thinking about the clients that I work with may not be sitting at that desk when this is all done. Yeah. It's the same for the listener that you're talking to right now. Right. And that hit me so hard. Like, I can't even explain like, oh, shit, like the people I rely on to hire me may not have a job when this is done. And I've been staying in touch with my clients just on a personal level. And I highly suggest this. If I can give a tip to photographers out there right now, get in touch with your clients, get in touch with the people who hire you on a personal level of just checking in. How are you? Are you doing okay? You know, like how's things with you? You know, of course there's this little business part of you in the background, like, You got to stay in front of people. But also, I mean, I love my clients. I appreciate them. And I really hope they're doing okay in all of this. So I've been making the rounds on a pretty regular basis through my client list of just checking in on folks. Like, you doing okay? Is everything all right? So for you, Zach, is that a phone call? Is it a text message? Is it a... Typically a text message. Right. I'm a text person. I hate phone calls and emails. And (laughs) if you want to get in touch with me, text me. Otherwise, you might as well be sending smoke signals from a mountaintop. I'm just... So, yeah, you know, you can send off some texts just like you're doing okay. 
Have you seen Tiger King? Send a funny meme, you know? And the selfish part of it is you're staying in front of people during this time so that when it all ends, you're not a stranger anymore. That's the thing that it's kind of a little, hey, I'm still here. But honestly, I still want to check in on you and make sure you're okay. For sure. I'm going to come back around to the business side of stuff, but I'm going to delve back into your head for a minute. You talked about being at base camp. And if you're at base camp right now, at the level you're at and with all the experience you have under your belt, what is your Everest? Dan Winters. <laughs> Dan fucking Winters, man. I mean, I think Dan Winters is is probably my favorite working photographer right now. He's probably on the Hillary step or the Hillary arch. What do they call that? What's that little weird narrow path? going up the top, the Hillary something. Uh, yes, I do. I know what you mean. You're right. Okay. Right. Um, he's side by side with Joe McNally. But hang on. This is worrying because this is what you've told us in your videos that we shouldn't be doing. No, I'm just telling you, like, I'm just saying people I look up to who I feel like are higher up the mountain than I am. Right. Right. And it's not me comparing myself to them. I mean, there are times when I see a Dan Winters picture come across my Instagram feed. I want to hang my cameras up and be like, I'm done. I will never achieve that. I will never get to that level of work, of client, of photography, of whatever, right? I just love his work so much. So that's not me comparing myself to him and feeling bad for myself. That's just saying, wow, look at what can be done. Look at the heights that can be achieved. If there's anyone higher up on the mountain than where I am, I think it's like, it's a Dan Winters kind of person. It's a, it's a Joe McNally kind of person. I mean, look at what Annie Leibovitz has done with her career and her life, you know, ups and downs, struggles, all sorts of things. And she's had to do it under a very public eye, right? Like when she was facing problems, it wasn't just within the industry. We were talking about Annie Leibovitz's problems. That was like, you know, headline news outside of our photography industry. I mean, she's a household name, right? Lover, hater, indifferent to her, however you want to feel. Look at her career. You know, it's been massive and great and fantastic. So those are people up the mountain, you know, and that's fine. That's good. And I'm happy because that shows that it can be done. Sure. Maybe my question was a little bit vague. So what about if I was to rephrase it and ask you, how do you measure success? Like, when do you know that, okay, this is enough, I'm happy? I guess if my bills are paid, my kids are fed, the lights are on, that's successful. And I've done it with a camera. That's a huge success. I don't know if there will ever be enough. And that kind of drives me, but it also depresses me too, right? Like I can have great success. I swear to God, this is honest to God truth here. I have been sitting in an airport before flying home from a job and I'm on a layover. This happened to me in Amsterdam in Schiphol airport. I'm in Amsterdam. I'm on a layover flying home and I was going through my feed and I can't remember what photographer it was, but they were somewhere amazing in the world doing a job. And I was sitting there like an asshole going, why can't I have jobs like that? 
<laughs> and you're in Amsterdam. <laughs> I'm in fucking Amsterdam coming home from this like great, amazing trip I just did that 10 years ago, me would have never fucking dreamed I could have done ever. And I'm sitting there looking at someone else's Instagram picture going, why don't I get jobs like that? And I was like, Zach, you bastard, like you spoiled shit. It's never good enough, is it? No, it's not good enough. Like I'm a 10 year old. (laughs) I appreciate what I've been able to do. I'm so thankful for what I've been able to do, where I've been able to go. And I can't let myself fall into that trap. But it doesn't mean I don't have goals. And it doesn't mean that like there's not higher mountaintops that I'd like to reach. I feel like I've been on a creative plateau for about three years. And I really want to like push to the next spot, knowing there's another plateau waiting for me. So it's a weird, it's like the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other. And it pushes me. And if I let it, it depresses me, but I really fight the depression and I try to just let it push me. I let it, you know, be like, okay, you got to get up. You got to do better. You got to work harder at this. Whatever it is you need to do, you need to do. And I'm just going to keep doing that until I fall over dead, honestly. (laughs) And that's fine. That's totally fine. But that's frightening to me. And I'm guessing to the listener too, because it's almost sending the message that we never know when we've actually reached success. I mean, for you, if I take what you said in the beginning, you're successful right now. The kids are being fed, the lights are on, they're going to school when school's allowed. Mm -hmm. You're successful right now. I'm successful. Okay. How about this? I'm successful for the next 30 to 60 days. Right. Right. Like I have not had such success that I've got a retirement in the bank. I haven't had such high success that my kid's college is taken care of unless I die and they get my life insurance policy, right? I am successful on a 30 to 90 day basis constantly. And it's been a rat race and it really does tire me out. So yes, my lights are on. I have power. There's a roof over my head. I got a freezer stocked full of food. I am thankful for that. But when everything shut down and we don't know when it's going to open back up, right? That 30 to 60 day clock started ticking. So talk to me, you know, a 30 days from now and let me know, you know, how successful I am of keeping lights on and keeping the roof over our head because it's a constant, constant chase. You know, I got my hustle hat on right now. Let me tell you what I'm working on right now. Let me tell you how successful I am. So I had to, uh, I moved last year and kind of went to the burbs because I was becoming house poor. I bought this house in Atlanta, in a little neighborhood and outside of downtown Atlanta at the very bottom of the housing market. And it was that perfect point where they were still giving loans to any fool that would walk in a door, but the housing market was crashing. So I got this house for a steal at the time and I was able to get a loan for it. So I get this house and it's all great and well, but six or seven years later, the housing market comes back, which means the property taxes go up and the property taxes were killing me. It was also an older house that had been revamped back in the nineties, but it was starting to show some age and, you know, 
HVAC system needed to be replaced. The whole back deck and the back stairs were rusting out and needed to be redone. And I had gone through a divorce. So I had this house on my own and I was struggling to keep it. And it just got to the point where it's like, I can't keep this anymore. I can't afford it. I have to sell it. And I moved to the Burbs. So I moved to the Burbs last year and I live in this big suburban neighborhood and COVID hits. All my jobs disappear, every single one of them. And I've been on quarantine now going on four weeks and I'm getting nervous. So I get on the neighborhood Facebook group and I announce family portraits. Dude, I have not shot family portraits in, I don't know, 12 years, 14 years, something. It's been a while since I've shot family portraits. <laughs> so I have devised this idea of I'm going to do family portraits, of course, with a telephoto lens, social distancing, all of that. And I am selling family portraits this weekend for a hundred bucks. Wow. Because, you know, everybody's getting hit, right? Yep. So I got some families to sign up. It was like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 15 minute slots, get in, get out hundred bucks. You'll get a gallery, turn and burn like everything I'm against. <laughs> <laughs> everything that's bad business. And let me tell you something. Someone just canceled on me. Because they hired some person who's doing $20 porch portraits. <laughs> have you heard about this thing? I have heard about porch portraits, but not for $20. Porch portraits. <laughs> yeah. So I lost a $100 family portrait to somebody rolling up with their 80 to 200 sitting at the curb shooting a porch portrait for 20 bucks. I'm like, it is the end of the world. This is Thunderdome. This is, <laughs> we are in Hunger Games. All right. <laughs> yes. Report to your district, <laughs> photographers. <laughs> That's frightening. I was supposed to be on the Gulf Shores, Alabama, shooting a job for HDTV three weeks ago. And here I am. I'm doing $100 family portraits, man. And I, you know what? Let me say something. I'm super grateful for it. And I'm thankful because I could put my hustle hat on and I could go hustle up some money. And, okay, so I'm going to get to the thing where I said I might get to the thing. Yeah. Can I go ahead and do it? Absolutely. It's 8.30 for me at night and I'm drinking gin and tonics. <laughs> so I hope this podcast goes well for you. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I've had two families cancel. One, something came up, quote unquote, nothing's come up. <laughs> There's nothing going on. Nothing's come up. You don't have to be anywhere. The other one canceled on me because they got a $20 portrait board, right? So going back to that, are you ever good enough? right? Is your work ever good enough? And is it a negative thing? Is it, is it like you can't ever get past it? I really want to make really nice family portraits for these folks. I mean, I want to knock it out of the park. I'm a photographer. That's what I do. But now that someone has canceled on me for a 20 buck porch portrait, oh, I'm going to shoot the best damn family <laughs> portraits I can possibly make and I now have this idea. I'm going to shoot two setups in 15 minutes. And I know exactly what I'm going to do for the second setup. And it's going to be black and white. And it's going to be super simple. I'm going to focus in on the kids. I know exactly what I'm going to do. And I'm going to post a couple of them on the Facebook group as a thank you. Like, hey, everyone, thanks for coming out to my family portraits. Really enjoyed meeting you guys. These are some of my favorites. Just so those people who canceled on me <laughs> will be like, 
damn, we shouldn't have canceled on Zach. Look at those pictures. Holy shit. Yeah, look at your $20 porch portrait. Look, that's cute. That's awesome. I hope the sun was in the right place. I hope your lighting was okay. Whatever. You're standing on your porch. That's great. I know it's a hashtag on Instagram. I know it's a thing that's happening. But damn it, look at what I made for 100 bucks, And I kicked that ass. And so it's competitive, right? This is guerrilla marketing. <laughs> right. And they are going to regret <laughs> canceling on me. Damn it. Hang on. Aren't you the guy that builds up the photographer that's charging too little, trying to bring them up to your level? $20 porch portraits. I'm like, I'll do it for 15 I don't give a shit. Let's do it. Uh, 20 Dude, all you have to do is roll up, roll your window down, stick your 200 out the window, click, 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 like text them. All right, I'm out in front of your house. Venmo me my 20 bucks. Here's your. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting to hear your take, actually, even on the fact that you're considering or happy to go and do porch portraits, because I don't know, there's a lot of angst amongst photographers. Some that think, hey, I've got to do what I've got to do to survive. I'm going to do this, even though I have to keep my social distancing, I can still create these images. And there's other photographers saying, hey, pull your head in. Life is more important than you. Yeah. Are you seeing those arguments out there online? Oh, absolutely. I saw a photographer on Facebook go off on these porch portrait photographers. I think I saw the same one. Like, why are you doing this? This is so stupid. Blah, 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 blah. You know, I think the heftiest, I think they've measured it. The heftiest sneeze can travel like 27 feet, right? So I'm keeping a minimum of 30 feet away from the folks. I've identified a place in our neighborhood. We have like a clubhouse and it has a parking area. And then there's this little nice walkway that's like nicely landscaped and it's springtime right now and the flowers are blooming and everything's green. And if I jump in there with the longest lens I've got for my Fuji system, which will give me like a, I think like a 250 millimeter equivalent, I'm going to be able to keep a 25 to 30 foot distance from people at all times. I'm telling people to bring their own chairs, stools, blankets. If I need anything to kind of prop them with or sit on, they are bringing that from their house. I'm not providing it so that there's zero cross-contamination. They are all digitally paying me, you know. And the way the parking lot is set up is there's parking on each side of this walkway. So they can come park in on the left side and then go out the other while someone waits, you know, far away from them in these little 15 minute increments. So I'm able to keep everyone 25 to 30 feet minimum apart from each other. So I'm very well aware. I'm not taking it lightly, but I got to hustle and I got to make some bills, you know? Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. So that's a successful photographer right there for you. (laughs) You take all those social media numbers and you just know, man, that this weekend, I'm shooting family portraits in a parking lot because I got to feed my kids. So I like it. There's my success. And I've already lost a job to a $20 porch <laughs> portrait photographer. You tell me if I'm successful. <laughs> I'm going to come back to kids and a question regarding kids in a little bit. Okay. But I know that you've really ramped up YouTube for yourself. And I know you're even exploring different things like cooking of all things and making videos on cooking. And they obviously it's mainly photographers seeing that. 
Why YouTube? And is it something that other photographers should consider? You know, it used to be the day, you know, the thing you had to have was a blog back in the day. And back in the day, I mean, like three years ago, right? Like blogging was important. But I looked at my life and how I consume the internet. And I consume the internet via apps now. It's rare that I log on to Chrome or Safari and type in someone's blog address or hit my bookmarks and read a blog. I look at their Facebook posts. I watch their YouTube videos. When I'm interested in a new piece of equipment, and it could be something as simple as like a camera bag, I don't Google it anymore. I go to YouTube, I type in the kind of camera bag I'm interested in, and I watch videos on it, right? I mean, YouTube is becoming one of the largest search engines on the internet. And there's just massive amounts of content out there. So I feel that like I need to get back into videos The problem is, as you know, is video is 10 times more work than taking pictures. You have to shoot it and the audio has to be right and you have to edit it. And then there's frame rates and resolution and this and that and the other and all the things. So what I've been trying to do with my new YouTube videos is that keeping it as simple as possible. I shoot almost all of it on my phone. I have a little lav mic that I plug into my phone so my audio is better. I'm currently talking to you right now from a new place in my house where I've set up to shoot videos because I wasn't happy with the quality that I was getting where I was. So it's an evolving organic process for me. But yeah, I think video content is very important. Like, do I suggest photographers to do it? I don't know. It depends on what you're trying to say, right? For me, I'm trying to talk to photographers, right? I'm not trying to talk to clients with my YouTube channel. I'm not trying to get clients to come to my YouTube channel and watch it. If I were really honest, I probably don't want clients to watch my YouTube channel because I'm going to talk about the behind the scenes, <laughs> you know, of like what it's like to deal with clients or things like that, that like, Hey clients, you don't need to watch this right now. The problem also I have is that a lot of the jobs I do, I can't, do a behind the scenes stuff on because it has to go through legal. It has to get approved by talent. You know, there's hoops to jump through the commercial work that I do. So I have to make up content by myself. Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. I can tell you a quick story if you have time. Yeah, go for it. Quick story. When I started shooting bands in Atlanta, I was a music photographer. I was shooting promos for bands and I was working, 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 working. I had this really horrible pay structure set up. It was wrong and bad, but it was basically, I would do a quarter day, a half day or a full day rate for bands. 250 for a quarter day, 500 bucks for a half day. And I think it was like 850 bucks for a full day. And of course, everyone booked my quarter day package. It was like three hours but I'd knock it out of the park for them. Like absolutely knock it out of the park. I put everything I could into a three hour shoot. They often went four hours. I never charged more, whatever, 250 bucks. So this guy named Michael Weeman comes along. He had been the director for the Southeast office for BMI, which is a, it's like ASCAP, similar to ASCAP. They handle licensing and usage for singer, songwriters, artists, performers. And Michael Wayman comes along and says, man, I've been watching your work. I've been seeing you hustle. 
I, I know your rates. I'm leaving BMI. I'm going to start representing some producers in town, but I'm interested in representing you as well. Would you be interested in getting some help? And I was like, oh my God, yes. Right. So we had a lunch and Weeman was going to get 20% of anything he booked for me. So the first thing he did is he bumped all those quarter, half, full day prices up a hundred bucks. So then I was like 350, 600, 950. Right. Well, what's interesting is that my quarter day bookings didn't skip a beat. We went from 250 bucks to 350 bucks. I was worried, nervous, but I had the same amount of work. Like it didn't skip a beat. Right. Even after his 20% cut, I was still making just a little bit more money than I normally was. Like, oh, this is great. So we had been working together for like, I don't know, eight months or some amount of time, somewhere around the yearish mark. He calls me up one day, says, I need you to take a look at the calendar. I've got a couple things I need to book. Uh, I've got a half day for this person. I got a half day for that person. Like, okay, okay, okay. And I'm looking at my calendar. I'm like, oh my God, Michael, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Like, and I'm looking at my calendar. I'm sitting there and I got him on the phone and I'm like, dude, I haven't booked a quarter day shoot in over a month. They've all been half days and up. Like, this is amazing. And he was like, yeah, you know why? I'm like, why? He's like, because I stopped offering them. <laughs> and I about had a heart attack. He's like, you're not a quarter day shooter anymore, Zach. You're half day and up. It's 850 to book you. And that, he'd gotten me to 850 a half day and 1500 a full day. Wow. So he just stopped offering it. I'm sorry, it's not on the table. And I about had a damn heart attack. And had it not been for Michael Weeman, I'd still be shooting $250 bands. Yeah, wow. Right? He saw value where I didn't. And he <laughs> he did things I would have never done. <laughs> I wouldn't have done that shit. <laughs> I would have been too scared. But he just like, no, screw it. You're not a quarter day shooter anymore. You're not doing it. No, you're A50 and up. And guess what? I was busy, not as busy. So I had a little more time to myself was not quite so burned out all the time. And I was making more money. And honestly, if I'm not making money, he wasn't making money. So he had a vested interest, you know, in making sure that my rates went up and he did it. So, you know, I have a studio manager. Her name is Lonnie, Lonnie Martz. And I would not be alive today without Lonnie Martz as a business. She is busting her ass right now, trying to get this small business loan thing to go through with our bank and it's a total nightmare but she's busting it doing it she was at the studio today pulling all our paperwork pulling all our numbers like and it's just a mess dude it's and if i were trying to do it there's no way i could do it so part of me would tell my kids to go back to your question let's bring it back to what i would tell my kids is that work hard to get up enough money that you can hire someone to do all the things that you're horrible at, right? I'm horrible at bookkeeping. I am horrible at running numbers and getting things to an accountant and doing taxes. I'm horrible at all of these things. I am a horrible at putting quotes together and getting proposals out to clients. Like I'm bad at those things. I'm really good at showing up the day of the shoot with a smile on my face and a bag full of light 
and knocking it out of the park for my clients. I'm really good at that. And I can follow up with them and I can help them and I can work on their social media campaigns. And dude, I'm all about all of that. But as soon as it's like, get all this paperwork done and file this and do that, dude, I fucking suck at all of that. And I can't, I've tried and I'm horrible at it. So get you enough money to find you a Lonnie, find you somebody and they don't need to know their F stop from their bus stop. You know, they can just, they're just good at that thing. Lonnie is so organized. She's a people person. She loves to like talk on the phone and email and she knows QuickBooks inside and out. And she's got some ends with some accountants that are helping us with things. And like, she's just amazing. And she's worth 10 times more than I can pay her. And we're seriously at this point right now, if I'm going to get super honest, is like I'm holding my studio with open hands right now because I've got my just daily life at home bills. And then I have my studio bills. And my studio is just like, if I have to sacrifice my studio and throw everything in storage, then that's what I'm going to have to do. And we're looking at that point in the next 30 to 60 days of like, do we pay rent or do we pay Lonnie? And I told Lonnie, I'm like, you make sure you pay yourself first. If that studio, if we have to go and load it all into public storage, that's what we're going to do. But by God, you pay yourself first, Lonnie. Like you're more important than that studio ever will be. So yeah. Um, now I want to go cry. <laughs> me, me too. <laughs> I don't have a Lani, but I have a Linda, but she's my wife. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't afford to pay her what she's worth either, but I feel you. I call her my work wife. Lonnie. <laughs> she's my work wife. I, I could not ever without Lonnie. I can't even imagine life without Lonnie. I mean, yeah. You know, you have to work hard on your own up to a point. And when you can't anymore, find somebody. Lonnie was just like someone in my circle of friends, you know, and she had done freelance production and stuff like that. She'd kind of worked around. She understands how weird we all are. <laughs> I'm like, I need help with this stuff. And she's like, I'll do it. And she did it for cheap. I'm like, all right, cool. Come help me, please. So. How good. Yeah. How long has she been with you for? Six years, seven years. Unreal. Something like that. Yeah. Lucky to have her, Zach. Lucky to have her. Sense. She sounds amazing. If she was sitting here, she'd probably be like, no, Zach, it's been eight. I'm bad. <laughs> yeah. She really does sound like Linda. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's great. Mate, this has been an absolute pleasure for me. You've shared so much, and I know the listener's going to get a ton from what you had to say and to share with us. I'm looking forward to the first listener commenting on one of your YouTube videos saying, Zach, I heard that interview with Andrew and I'm now charging $30,000 for weddings. Yes. That's the message I'm looking for. (laughs) Say, screw it. I'm doing 50. (laughs) Zach, I've mentioned your YouTube videos. What's the uh, the URL for the channel? What's the easiest way for someone to find you on YouTube? Well, I set up that channel so long ago under my old moniker of used film, all one word used film, and I never changed it. So it's kind of weird. But if you just search up Zach, Z-A-C-K, Arias, A-R-I-A-S dot com, or just Zach Arias into YouTube, you'll find it. Fantastic. I'm going to add links to anywhere and everywhere people can find you in the show notes. I appreciate that. Your YouTube videos you've been recording, I've been loving them. It's been so good to see you back. And I have as much fun reading the comments as I do watching you on the video as well. So congratulations with that, mate. And again, thank you so much for coming on, sharing what you have. And I can't wait to follow your journey. 
Well, Andrew, I really appreciate you. I'm glad we finally were able to connect. I know we've been trying to connect a few times, but I'm glad this finally worked out. Me too. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And before we go, mate, I've got to say a big shout out to Seshu Bandarin for putting us in contact. Uh, if it wasn't for him stepping in, uh, following a comment inside my members Facebook group. And I've got to say that post inside the group was a link to your YouTube video talking about YouTube lighting, your setup, your ring light, using your phone, the apps you're using. So I'm going to link to that in the show notes as well. But Seshu jumped straight in and said, hey, you should get Zach on the show. And I said, man, I would love to. I've tried once before. And he put us in contact and here you are. So, mate, thank you to you and thank you to Seshu. All the love, (laughs) Seshu. All the love, Seshu. We love you so much. We do. He's the greatest person. Have you ever met him in person? Not in person. I mean like this, online and uh, with camera. He's so great. He's one of the greatest ever. I love him so much. I get that impression. I do. Yeah. Hey, Zach, again, thank you so much. Thank you, Andrew. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Zach as much as I did. Zach, if you're listening again, mate, thank you so much for coming on, sharing what you did, being so open as you always are. It was a real pleasure to hear your thoughts and your ideas on business, life as a photographer and surviving through this pandemic. I'm looking forward to following along and seeing the results of your porch portraits (laughs) and also how the other photographer fares that you're looking to rub out, uh, so to speak. For you, the listener, I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. I'd love to hear about your takeaways. Was there something that Zach said or shared that you thought, yes, absolutely, I can use that in my business, in my life as a photographer? Because if there is, I would love to hear about it. I'm sure Zach would too. Leave a comment in the comments area at the bottom of the show notes, and you'll find them this week at photobizx.com forward slash 357. Now, in those show notes, I've also got links to anything and everything that Zach mentioned. I've got examples of his incredible work. It's all there in one spot. And of course, if you are a premium member, I'll be adding Zach into the members Facebook group. I'm hoping he'll be able to come back and answer any specific questions you had for him there. And I'm sure there's going to be some interesting discussions on the fact that he's happy to shoot porch portraits when there's been some pretty strong words against that idea that I'm seeing online. I'm guessing it's the same for you. One, one last, one big request from me before we move on from Zach and we get into the announcements is I would love it if you could do me a massive favor. Head over to Zach's YouTube channel, watch any video that grabs your attention and leave a comment regarding that video. And if you could add that you heard Zach on the Photo Biz X podcast, even better. But pick one episode anything that grabs your attention, and there will be a ton there, whether it's a cooking video, how to set up lighting for YouTube, lighting and audio for YouTube videos, print critiques, business advice. He has so much fantastic content. Head over to his YouTube channel. You can find it by just searching Zach Arias inside YouTube and leave a comment under the video that you saw and let him know that you heard him here on PhotoBizX. That would mean the world to me because it'll show Zach that you heard his interview here, plus it'll help me attract bigger and more well-known guests to the show, like Zach, for you in the future. You're listening to Photo Biz Exposed with your host, Andrew Helmich. Just before we close out today's episode, don't forget I've got the coronavirus resource page over at Photo Biz X. So if you're looking 
to find businesses that are offering rebates or discounts or specials, for service providers that are offering some kind of relief. I've got them all listed there and you can find that at photobizx.com forward slash CVR. It's also underneath the resource tab on the page. And if you see anything that you think will be applicable to other listeners, let me know and I'll be sure to add it to that resource page. And talking about breaks and relief, don't forget if you are a premium member on the $20 per month membership plan, you can sign up for a six-month membership over at photobizx.com forward slash SMS. It's only $60, so half what you're paying now, plus I'm going to refund your last $20 payment. Now that plan is open to anyone and everyone, but it's particularly pertinent to you if you are on the $20 plan because you'll be paying half what you're paying right now and you're basically getting a six-month membership for $40, so even less than half. So make sure you email me if you are jumping over to that plan. I'll sort out the refund. I'll cancel your existing $20 payments. I'll make this as seamless and easy as possible. So photobizx.com forward slash SMS if you want to jump onto that plan. Alrighty, that is it for this episode of the show. I hope you got a ton from it. I hope you have a fantastic week ahead. A big shout out and thanks again to Zach Arias for coming on and sharing what he did. Don't forget to check out his YouTube channel and leave a comment, please. And if you're interested in joining the PhotoBizX Daily Vlog Challenge, jump over to photobizx.com forward slash challenge and I will see you in the next one as soon as it opens up. Have a fantastic week. Stay safe, healthy and well and I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 